Hello, friends, and welcome to the Sermons Podcast of Christ Church at Grove Farm. One of our goals here at CCGF is to help you take your next step toward Jesus and the person God designed you to be. We hope our sermons help you to take that next step. If you would like more information about the community here at Christ Church at Grove Farm, or if you would like to contact us, you can do all of that and more on our website, which is ccgf.org. And to get an even further taste of who we are, you can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. Now, here is this week's message, Grace and Peace to You. Father God, I just thank you so much for this church. I thank you so much for this place. Lord God, I thank you so much uh, for all of the gifts that you've given all these people in this place, all over the church. This morning, I especially thank you for uh, our musicians in both services, and uh, the ability they have to lead us in worship, uh, to take us out of uh, the places we may be in, and usher us into your throne room so that we may worship. God, would you hear us this morning as we declare that we love you? Holy Spirit, would you come into this place? Would you open our hearts and our minds to your word? And would it be your words that are spoken here this morning and not mine? And all God's people said, amen. Well, this June 6, 2019, is the 75th anniversary of D-Day, the 75th anniversary of the Battle of Normandy. And this Memorial Day weekend, we honor those who have served our country and ultimately laid down their life for our country. We honor those who have laid down their life for us, who have laid down their life for our freedom. And not just our freedom, but the freedom of people all over the world. And Jesus said in John 15 that there is no greater love than to lay down one's life for another. And Jesus himself demonstrated that love for us when he chose to give up his life for us. So it's that kind of love that I want to be able to talk to us about here this morning. You know, two weeks ago, Pastor Ed talked to us about mothers and children. And last week, Pastor Robbie talked to us about teenagers. So this week, I want to kind of wrap up this idea of family and talk to us about husbands and wives. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 25 says this, For husbands, this means love your wives. Just as Christ loved the church, he gave up his life. He gave up his life for her. It says, husbands, love your wives. You know, in Greek, they don't have just one word for love. They have several. And in Greek, this word love is agape. It means sacrificial love. Husbands, we need to be having sacrificial love for our wives. That means being willing to sacrifice anything for her, even our own lives. Now, I am not an expert in marriage, but I am an expert in making mistakes in marriage. In fact, I asked my wife um, to help me and help me remember some of the mistakes that I have made in our many years of marriage. 
And so she comprised uh, for me a list. And um, as you can see, she's pretty detail-oriented, very organized. And, um, And I'm thankful for her and all of her details that she has put together for me this morning. So uh, this is the text I'll be preaching from here this morning um, as I continue. But what's funny is uh, my wife and I, you know, we we really didn't have uh, any real premarital counseling when we went into marriage. You see, I married the pastor's daughter, and he officiated the wedding. And so, you know, it, it really was going to be kind of weird if he did the premarital counseling. It really was going to be kind of, um, you know, inappropriate if he did the premarital counseling. And so he asked a pastor friend of his um, if he would do the premarital counseling. And so this is what this guy did. He, he, uh, he brought us into his office and he, and, he, and he chatted with us for a few minutes. And then he gave us this, this video from 1981. And it was on VHS, and I did not have a VCR at the time, so I had to go out and borrow a VCR. And my, my fiancé and I, we watched this video. Uh, it was extraordinarily cheesy, didn't make much sense to us. And then we went back to this pastor, and he led us in what I believe was about a 20-minute discussion uh, based on the video. And that was the extent of our premarital counseling. And so... Um, you know, it didn't really do us uh, much good. But thankfully, uh, my wife and I, we have been like sponges, uh, kind of absorbing any kind of material that we can get on marriage, uh, whether it be some marriage conferences that we attend, whether it be marriage counseling that we have gone to together. My wife and I uh, had trouble having children, and it caused a lot of potholes in our marriages, and so we went to marriage counseling. And I want to say that out loud to give any of you license to know that it is not a bad thing at all to go to marriage counseling. I want to encourage you to do it, even if you have the healthiest marriage in the world. You know, we go and we take our cars for car inspections, and we take our cars for oil changes. My wife and I still to this day go once or twice a year to a good fresh, uh, good good friend who's a Christian counselor, and we get our oil changed in our marriage. We just go and let him poke around the engine a little bit, and it's a good thing to do. Uh, We also have read many, many books on healthy Christian marriages, and so like sponges, we've kind of absorbed this material. But it all started with one book, and I'm going to ask that we put it up on the screen. This one book is called Love and Respect. In this book, uh, we were in desperate need in our first two years of marriage. We were in desperate need, and we discovered this book, and we read this book together. And, and, and much of what I want to share with you today comes from this book. So I asked our, our uh, church office manager to stock our, our resource center, our, our bookstore, with a bunch of these books for you to be able to grab if you want on your way out today, because I'm only able to kind of scratch the surface uh, of, of this this morning, of what I want to be able to share with you here this morning. 
And, uh, and, and this book, uh, of all the premarital counseling that I do, I always buy this for the couples uh, that come into my office because uh, this was really a lifesaver for my wife and I. Uh, next to that graphic, you'll see two websites uh, or two locations to our website. The first, if you don't want to buy the book, you could go to our Right Now Media streaming channel and you could do the online streaming Bible study of love and respect with your spouse or, or with your fiance. And, uh, and there also is, uh, is the link to our couples night that's coming up this Saturday. And you can, uh, you can register today. In fact, you have to register today. It's the last day to register if you want to attend this Saturday for that couples night. But I just want to encourage you uh, to be able to get your hands on this material. Because here's the deal. No matter how much premarital counseling you have or how many books you've read, uh, I don't think that anyone is ever truly prepared for taking these two separate lives and merging them into one. That's why we need God's help. That's why it's essential that God is at the center, the foundation of our marriages. So whether you've been married for a long time now or whether you've been married just a handful of years or whether you're engaged or whether you're thinking about getting married or whether you would like to be married someday or whether you're a group of my teens sitting in the front, you know, this message is for you today. Because my first two years of marriage, actually my first several years of marriage, I just got to be honest with you, were like living in a battlefield. I wonder how many of you could give a testimony that marriage can seem like a battlefield sometimes. You know, in Ephesians 5.33, God commands the husband and the wife to each do one thing. Just two concepts, love and respect. And based on our gender, God calls us to focus on just one of these two truths. He commands the man to love his wife, and he commands the wife to respect her husband. Have you ever, ever had an argument or a conflict with your spouse when suddenly it seems like the issue isn't the issue? I wonder if you ever had an argument or a conflict with your spouse and suddenly it seems like the issue isn't an issue. You know, after a while of fighting and arguing, you wonder, you know, how did we get into this heated, fervid, fiery blood-curling argument over patio furniture. That literally happened to my wife and I Tuesday night. We got into this heated, fighted, blood-curling argument over patio furniture. What is the issue when the issue isn't the issue? What is the issue when the issue isn't the issue? You're having a conversation on this topic, then suddenly you see your spouse's spirit deflate, and you think, what? What did I say? What did I do? And oftentimes, you react. I want to suggest to you that there is usually one thing going on in the woman, and one thing going on in the man, and they are not the same thing. Men, I don't know about you, but in my marriage, when my wife's spirit deflates, I'm kind of in disbelief because I can't imagine her deflating over what we're 
talking about. I can't imagine her deflating over what we're even arguing about. I don't understand why it is that she deflates. And so I say something insensitive like, oh great, what did I say? Here I go again, what was it? You know, what I did say was, it's not like you're actually going to go outside and sit on the patio furniture anyway. I can hear the women in the room sharpening their pitchforks right now. That is what I said on Tuesday night, by the way. And when I deflate, my wife usually says something like, well, it's all about you, isn't it? It's just always about you. So why don't you just go ahead and buy whatever you want, because that's what we're going to do anyway. It's just always about you. So just whatever you want to do, it's all about you. You know, the University of Washington studied uh, 2,000 couples over 20 years. And this secular study discovered two ingredients for successful marriages. You guessed it. Love and respect. In these studies, 85% of those who stonewalled or withdrew during conflict were male. When they asked the men why they would stonewall or walk away, they measured their physiology. And they realized that during these conflicts with their spouses, the man's heartbeats would get up to 99 beats per minute. Men, at 99 beats per minute, we are in warrior mode, okay? We are. We are in warrior mode, and we feel provoked. So what does an honorable man do who is in warrior mode, who is feeling provoked? He has two choices, either fight or flight. So out of his core language of respect... He chooses to respect his wife, and he chooses to withdraw. But when I choose to walk away from a heated argument with my wife, she doesn't interpret that as honorable. She doesn't interpret that as respectful. She interprets that as unloving. And her core need for love is shut off. In these same studies, while men were walking away, the women were walking toward, and they were confronting the issue head on. And according to these studies, it's not that the women were trying to be confrontational, but they were confronting to connect. You know, i got to be honest with you, I have seen two women be in a disagreement with each other, and confront one another and go at each other and then go through a whole array of emotions, anger, even yelling, until at one point there is an emotional breakthrough and both start crying and hugging and loving on one another and confessing to each other and saying to each other, I'm so sorry for this and no, I'm so sorry for that. I shouldn't have done this and they never want to fight anymore and oh, I love you and let's just never do this again. And any man who's in the room and witnesses this has never seen something like that before. And it's an anomaly to them. How how did that happen? We don't understand it. Because we would just go to blows over it. And once the fight is over, it's over. We don't understand it. 
Because for a woman, in their core language of love, they can't bear to let something go until that relationship has been restored. But when they asked these men in these studies how they felt about their wives confronting them this way, the men described their feeling as ongoing criticism, that nobody else in their life talks to them this way. And it makes them feel like kind of less of a man or even less of a human being. And essentially they felt disrespected in in an emotionally hurt kind of way. You see, his core need for respect is being shut off. So my wife and I are outside and we've got the measuring tape out. And we're trying to decide what type of patio furniture will fit onto this stamped concrete patio we just had installed at our house. And she's feeling worried and frustrated about the dimensions and what's going to fit in there. And instead of doing the, the loving thing and listening to her and, and, and hearing what she wants and what she needs, I do the male thing, right? And I offer up an alternate suggestion, something that I really believe will work. Well, instead of doing that, I think we should do this, you know? Feeling very unloved, she immediately dismisses it with a certain kind of attitude. And not wanting to escalate the situation, my first instinct is to do the honorable thing and walk away. And she pursued and confronted, wanting to resolve the conflict. Now, being the jerk that I am and feeling disrespected, I have to throw in an unloving comment about her not going outside anyway and sitting on the patio furniture. And then she continues to march behind me and pursue and confront, and I don't need to go any further into what happened for the rest of the night. If you want the full story, you could ask my neighbors because they heard it all. (laughs) Without love, she acts without respect. And without respect, I reacted without love. And without love, she reacted without respect. And without respect, she reacted without love. So what is the issue when the issue isn't the issue? It's not the patio furniture. It's love and respect. So how do we break this cycle? Can I suggest to you, quickly, three rules of engagement? Three rules of engagement. The first is this, to serve one another with love and respect. Now, there's lots of ways I can go on and on and on about how husbands and wives need to serve one another, but there's a specific way I want to go after it here today. Just as a member of our military is willing to put their life on the line to serve our country and to protect our freedom, so do we need to be willing to set aside our own selfish desires and serve our spouses. Here's the deal. Although men and women are equal... We were created differently. If you haven't figured that out yet, we were created differently. I want to suggest to you that men and women may speak the same language, but they say and hear the words very differently. Let me illustrate this to you. You know, my wife and I might be getting ready to go out on a, on a fancy date together, okay? And so we're getting ready to go out on a fancy date together. Maybe this has happened in your house. And so my wife might come down the stairs as we're kind of getting ready, and, and, and she might say something like, I have nothing to wear. And so what she means by that is, I have nothing new, or I have nothing special 
to wear out on our fancy date. Okay? And very similarly, I might come down the steps a few moments later and I might say the same thing. I have nothing to wear. But what I mean is I have nothing clean. Okay? So we're saying the exact same words, but we're meaning something completely different. And we could go on and on and on. In Ephesians 5 verse 33, God gives spouses, husbands and wives, a very clear command to Very clear commands, one for the wife, one for the husband. So again, I say, each man must love his wife, and the wife must respect her husband. Okay, hear me on this. Men are very capable of being very loving, and men need to be loved too. But their core language comes from a place of respect. In a 2003 study of men... 73% of men said that they would rather be unloved for the rest of their life than disrespected for the rest of their life. i got to be honest with you, I fall into that category. I bet you a lot of guys in this room would fall into that category too. If I had to pick one or the other, I would rather be unloved for the rest of my life than disrespected for the rest of my life. That's why God's command to husbands is to love their wives. Because it would be very natural for most, hear me now, for most good-willed, non-abusive men to respect their wives. So the command is to love them. In the same way, women are very capable of being very respectful, and they, they need respect too, but their core language is love. You know, I've seen this in my own little girls they love to play, and as, you know, even younger girls, right, they, they love to kind of nurture their baby dolls, you know, but they love to play with superheroes and Star Wars action figures, too, but what's really kind of cool is I, I, I overhear them in the toy room, and, and they'll have their superheroes out, and, and I'll overhear a, a wedding ceremony between Batman and Cinderella, right? <laughs> And just this past week, because we saw Avengers Endgame, I heard Thor come in with Stormbreaker and confess his undying love for Cinderella and break up the wedding. Why? Because their core language is love. That's their core language. In a national survey of women, guys, listen to this. In a national survey of women, a whopping 82% said they regularly feel insecure about their husband's love. Love is a woman's core language. So that is why God commands wives to respect their husbands. Because it would be very natural for most women to express love to their husbands. So what if we were to flip the script? What if we were to serve our spouse by giving them what they need most? You know, I still remember when my wife and I were engaged and we were planning our wedding ceremony. And we were picking out, uh, I'm sorry, our wedding reception. And we were picking out the food for the wedding reception. And so we were at the, the caterer. And my future mother-in-law was, was there too. Uh, because, uh, you know, she had a big say in it. She was paying for the food. And a lot of selections were being made for the food. And, and Bethany could kind of tell that I wasn't really happy with the choices. Now, I wasn't speaking up. I was just being very quiet. But she could kind of sense that I wasn't very happy with the choices. And then out of nowhere... Uh, Bethany spoke up and she said, Mom, I'm sorry, but I'm going to have to insist that we have at least one thing at my wedding that my future husband is going to want to eat. 
Well, I can remember that my chest puffed up and I got this breath of fresh air and I looked at that woman with love in my eyes, you know? And my wife will tell you that she, she remembers that I don't, I don't remember this, but she remembers that I loved and doted upon her for days after that, right? Her expression of respect for me ignited my expression of love for her. Now, husbands, this one is for you. We've got to remember, because we tend to forget to do this, husbands, we've got to remember to date our mate, okay? The worst thing that I, have, I ever did was I put a man cave in my basement before we had kids. And what it did was it separated my time from my wife in our first few years of marriage. Now, Bethany loves to tell the story to her girlfriends of this time that I surprised her with a fancy dinner date to this amazing restaurant. It's called Clifford's, just north of Evans City. I called ahead, and I booked some reservations for her birthday. And then I got my mom to watch the kids. Key ingredient, okay? Then I went the extra mile. I called, and I asked to speak to the chef. And I asked if the chef would prepare a special meal off the menu for my wife, Beef Wellington. They don't really offer this in any restaurant anymore. If you've ever had it before, it's phenomenal. And it was amazing, okay? Now, this must have been a really loving gesture because my wife still tells people about this today. And when I, I just, I have to tell you that when I overhear my wife telling people, maybe we have some people over our house and she's telling people, oh, Doug did this amazing thing for me once. He took me out and he did this. What it does is it fills my respect cup up. You know what I mean? She's telling people about this thing that I did for her. So my expression of love ignited her expression of respect for me. I once heard a pastor say something very powerful. If there was more courting in marriage, there'd be less marriages in court. Here's the second rule of engagement, very quickly. You've got to remember that you're on the same team. Ephesians 5.31 says this, As the scriptures say, a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife, and the two are united into one. You know, throughout the Old and the New Testament together, the Bible reinforces this seven times. And Jesus directly addresses this scripture himself in Matthew 19. Only he adds to it, and he says, let no one split apart what God has joined together. Gang, that would include ourselves and our own marriages. Let us not split apart our own marriages, what God has put together. Gang, the real battle is not in our home. The real battle is out there in the world. We ought not to be fighting with our spouses. They are our teammates. Okay, we're on the same team because the enemy is going to be throwing everything he's got at us to take our marriages down. We live in a culture that's trying to lessen the importance of something that really matters to God, family. We live in the busiest culture to date. We live in a culture that is fueled by Red Bull and Starbucks. We live in a culture that is so full of technology that we cannot disconnect from the world when we get home. So we can't disconnect from work or disconnect from that outside world and invest in our families when we get home. So we need our partner, we need our teammate more than ever today. 
Here's the last one, number three, and I think this is the most important one. We need to be praying together. Here's how you make the teamwork last a lifetime. Physical and emotional intimacy are essential, but spiritual intimacy bonds for life. And my mom and my dad, my stepdad, they model this for me, and it's unbelievable how their marriage is. And they, they have some battles, trust me. But they pray together each and every day. Romans 12, 12 says this, and, and gang, you've got to write this down, because this for me is the verse that we ought to be praying together as husband and wife. Romans 12, 12 says, Rejoice in hope, right? Be patient in tribulation. And be constant in prayer. Marriage takes constant work. And as I said before, we cannot survive without God at the center, at the foundation of our marriage. You know, my wife and I used to really struggle in this area. And to make matters worse, I knew as the husband that I was called to lead in this area. And so one year, many years ago, I was leading a group of teenagers on a mission trip. And there was this really profound pastor on this mission trip. He was the guest speaker for the week. And I found myself hanging out with him one night, and we got to talking about a lot of things. But it led to a conversation about husbands and wives praying together. And uh, I I got to talking about this with him, and I, I, I asked him, I said, you know, how is it that I could lead teenagers and I could lead other people in the church in this way, but I have such a hard time doing this at home? And he leaned in real close. And he said to me, Doug, it's because nobody knows how much of an idiot you are than your wife. And you know that. And he said, but you have to push through that. Because she's probably feeling the same way about herself. And she's probably just waiting for you to initiate it. We've got to be praying together as husband and wife. Even if it's quickly, start somewhere. Can you just start with a few minutes every morning before you go off to work, before you start your day? Let me close with this. Don't get me wrong. My wife and I can still get into some epic battles. Like I said, you could call the neighbors this week. They'll have a full report. We could still get into some epic battles today in our marriage. But we have moved from living in a battlefield to battling together for our marriage. Ephesians 5 commands, let us love and respect our spouses. Let us serve and love each other in the same way that Jesus loved us. Let us be willing to lay down our life. Let us be willing to lay down our selfish desires for our spouses. In John 15, verse 13, Jesus says, There is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. So as we close today, I'm thinking about those who 75 years ago fought and died on D-Day. Who 75 years ago fought and died in that battle of Normandy. I'm thinking about people like my best friend in high school who went right out of high school to Iraq. I'm thinking about other friends who didn't make it back. 
They had no question in their mind that what they were fighting for was worth it. Are your marriages worth it? Is your family worth it? In a world that is trying to take our way of life down, in a world that is trying to take our families down, is it worth it? Will you fight? Let's pray. Lord God, on this Memorial Day, we pray for those who courageously laid down their lives for us and for the cause of freedom. May the examples of their sacrifice inspire us, inspire us in that same selfless love of your Son. Holy Spirit, bless and comfort the families of our fallen troops and fill their homes and their lives with your strength and peace. God, we also pray for our marriages, for those who are preparing to be married, for those who seek to one day be married. Would they find wisdom and guidance in your word? Would you strengthen our marriages? Would we seek you in the foundation of our marriages? Especially in a world that tries to tear apart the family. We need you, Lord God. We love you, Lord God. Amen.